By the time we get to chapter 16 of Matthew's Gospel, which we read from today, Jesus' ministry is well underway. Jesus has been busy healing, saving, and feeding people. And people are starting to put it together, starting to see that Jesus is who he says he is, the Son of Man, the Anointed One, the Messiah. And while some are starting to put together Jesus' identity, there are those who still don't get it. Like the disciples, who continue seeming rather clueless, albeit committed to following Jesus. And there are those who aren't willing to get it. Those who aren't willing to accept what Jesus has been saying, which is the story we have here today. The Pharisees and the Sadducees have come together to test Jesus. And while we've been focusing on the Pharisees these past few weeks, this story places them with the Sadducees, two groups who often weren't on the same side of things within Jewish thought. Well, here they're coming together with a common task, to ask Jesus to show them a sign from heaven. I imagine... Jesus' answer was said with a tone of his aspiration. For this isn't the first time that they've asked for a sign from him. In between their first ask and this one, Jesus feed five, feeds 5,000 with leftovers to spare. Jesus walks on water. He heals the sick in Gesenaret. He even heals the Canaanite woman who reminds Jesus he is on earth for everyone and not just the lost sheep of Israel. He has done all of this, and yet they ask again, show us a sign from heaven. Jesus replies with a very Jesus answer, a slightly puzzling metaphor about interpreting the weather and the sign of Jonah and the retort, you know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. If you're of my generation, hearing the phrase a sign of the times might make you think of Harry Styles. As he sings in his first solo record, stop your crying, it's a sign of the times. Jesus' reply is perhaps a little less mournful, but more um, one of losing patience. Quit your crying already. What do you think I've been doing? All of this has been a sign of the times. There have been signs everywhere. And at this point, the signs are getting hard to miss. Jesus knows that this question doesn't have a satisfactory answer for those asking it. The Pharisees and the Sadducees are not looking for a new sign that will actually convince them. This question is a test, asked with a desired outcome of failure, a trap set by those with their minds made up about who Jesus is despite the healing, saving, and feeding of the people. This is our third Sunday in this Pharisee in Me series. We're thinking about how this group of good religious people, the Pharisees, well, they're often caught up in their own laws that keep them separate from Jesus, and, they, and how we are more like the Pharisees than we wish to admit. 
And just like the Pharisees set Jesus up in this moment, we set ourselves up. We trick ourselves into believing that we will secure our worth if we just do one more thing. If we nail the pitch, have the biggest wedding, buy the right water bottle, run the right race, give our kids the best toys and education, then we'll have done it, right? We set ourselves up. We set ourselves up in our lives outside of the church and also in the church. You all attend this church rather than another one. We bring our items for almsgiving, congratulating ourselves for how many items we brought this week. We wonder if I just volunteer for one more thing, then maybe finally I will have done enough. If we perform just one more sign, our worth and value will be settled. It will be something that we have undeniably earned because after all, look at everything we have done. Is anyone else exhausted by that standard? We've collectively created this culture of individualism that enables us to have these impossible, unattainable standards due to the belief that we will never do enough nor be enough. So we convince ourselves we'll never belong. There's always one more thing to do, one more way to prove our worth. And we convince ourselves that this next thing will be the right thing. This will be the sign that proves our worth. So we surrender our lives to this system, believing the lies that if we just do this one thing, we will be a good enough parent, child, employee, student, Christian. It's just this one sign. But it's never one more sign. Jesus knew this. The author of Matthew even knew it, writing that the Pharisees and Sadducees came to test Jesus, asking for a sign. Reverend Dr. Anna Case Winters points out in her commentary that the Greek word for test and tempt are the same. Case Winters writes, This is not a test that seeks to prove him, but a test that seeks to fail him. It has a strong connotation of temptation. It hints at a parallel between the testing of Jesus, between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and Satan's testing of him in the wilderness, providing what is almost a mere image. This question was asked with an answer already in mind. The question was asked to set Jesus up to fail just as the questions we raise for ourselves about proving ourselves, well, those set us up to fail as well. It's not just the school we attend, the location of the wedding, the house we purchase, the right preschool we get our kids into, or the job promotion, because that list just keeps growing. And we deceive ourselves when we believe that that system, the one we've willingly trapped ourselves in, is one that we can win. 
All that brings is an emptiness from trying to prove to ourselves a worth in a way where we will never be enough. Because here's the thing, this self-deception of what makes us worthy, this obsession with proving ourselves, well, it's a load of baloney. Jesus warns his disciples, watch out for the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And Jesus says this not because the disciples forgot the leftover bread from the feeding of the 4,000 that did literally just occur, but he says this because he warns them about the teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, for that is what's spoiled, just like yeast that has the ability to spoil a loaf of bread. If baking loaves of bread wasn't your pandemic hobby, another metaphor that gets at the same thing is that the teaching of the Pharisees have been watered down. A generous wondering is that perhaps the Pharisees and the Sadducees were tired of the constant measuring up and were in need of a break themselves. It's a stretch of the imagination, of course, but it's not a stretch to see that we have long needed Jesus to set us free from our own constraints. Just as there was no need for a sign from heaven to declare that Jesus is who he says he is in this passage, there is no need for a sign from us to prove who we are. The sign from heaven is already here. God sent Jesus to dwell among us, to live made of flesh and bone, to know love and heartache, grief, anger, and joy. So stop your crying. This is a sign of God's love. This is the sign from heaven. Christ has come for each of us. No other signs are required. So if you're wondering if you matter, if you're questioning if you are enough, or if you are in just one of those seasons of being so cynical about humanity, remember the sign of the times that has long ago been witnessed. Jesus came for us, so we gotta be worth something already. You, me, all of us. Jesus has come for us and will come again. So live in that freedom that God's love has already been freely given to us all. No signs from heaven required. Amen.